We have to go back! Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And I hope you're buckled up and ready to go through some G-force of comedy because we are going to hit you with the stratospherically breaking comedy Disney's Rocket Man. Yeah, because only a complete genius or a total fool could ever pull this off. And lucky for us... We're both. We're both. Wait, which? Who's the genius? Or, or are we both? You know, don't overthink. I think. Yeah, maybe we're both. Both. That's it. We're both. Both. We're both. Both. Hashtag both. Both. Yes. Now we are reviewing this movie because uh, Rocket Man is also hitting theaters about Elton John, uh, which this movie had a surprising lack of, except until you hit the credits. The credits. Yeah. yeah. But this movie has the exact same title, so... Mm-hmm. It, well, it, there's a small difference. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's inconsistent, but on IMDb, if you look it up now, the M is uppercase. So, capital R, then lowercase for rocket, capital M, lowercase for man, but it's all one word. Uh, like uh, McDonald's. Yeah. Or McMuffin. Or uh, McSalad. Or I mean, anything Mick, really. Yeah. Uh, Mick Jagger. Oh, yes, yes. I'll, I'll order the large Mick Jagger, please. <laughs> Are you sure we don't have a lot of Mick Jagger orders? Oh, yeah. I, I better not. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I thought that was really interesting because the, the movie cover is all caps. And so you can't tell. It's just you're like, oh, Rocket Man. And so I looked on the back of the, the DVD that I have. And uh, it's just, yeah, brag. Uh, it's just uh, capital R, lowercase uh, the rest. Yeah. Wow. So I don't know what to believe. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Welcome to part one of our multi part series about what's the caps lock on this title? Yeah, it's a segment called Bust a Cap. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Featuring Mick Jagger. <laughs> So, uh, if you don't remember Rocket Man, it is all about the story of Fred Z. Randall, a geeky spacecraft designer who gets the chance to make his dream come true and travel to Mars. Now, this is in 1997, the height of the space movie craze, um, right this movie came out two years right after Apollo 13 came out in 1995. Uh, there was also, I'm pretty sure Armageddon. Yeah, Armageddon came out in 98, like right after this movie. Yeah. So uh, There was a Tim Robbins Mission to Mars movie. Right. Well. There was a lot, especially Mars, too. It was space travel, but I feel like Mars was really in the zeitgeist at the time as well. Right. And also yeah. the, the first Toy Story, you know, came out in um, 95. Mm, and so, spaceman, yeah. Yeah. And so there were, a space was just a topic of conversation, but no one really ventured uh, as far as to make a comedy, uh, at least in the mid 90s, except for Disney. They said, someone's got to fill that void. And uh, and they made this movie. Uh, this movie did moderately well uh, at the estimated budget of $16 million. It made $15.4 million in the box office. Uh, so, it, you know, it was off by, you know, $0.6 million, which 
isn't that bad. Uh, but, you know, they did end up making uh, some pretty decent money in rentals, I assume, because yeah. I don't have those numbers. I don't know. I, and I feel like our um, our scale is a little off as to what's considered, you know, bad financially just coming out of Kazam. Mm-hmm. So we really are just we got to recalibrate yeah. at this point. Yeah. yeah. Basically, if it's off by more than a million then it's not considered a success. 0.5, you know, especially in the 90s, you can get that back in rental or, you know, just the Disney movie club, you know, was going to make that money back anyway. Yeah, but just license it to Disney Plus. (laughs) Right. You're good. Disney Plus is going to make all this money back. Just you wait. Yeah, just make it a ride. This easily (laughs) could have been a ride at Tomorrowland. Just line up a bunch of washing machines and let the kids crawl in. Uh, which was one of the like few pieces of research that I found on this of like the European version had to cut out that scene no to way. maintain the PG rating. Yeah, they said it was too dangerous. Kids were going to be crawling into washing machines. And to that, I say, how did they know I would do that? Uh, that is spooky. Listen, all I am hearing you say is that they are trying to prevent children from becoming astronauts <laughs> which is uh, interesting because well there's a callback to that that he's like houston it looks like a blueberry yeah and then later when he's on the ship and he's like it does look like a blueberry all the europeans had to be like i guess that's a conversation uh we never saw him have <laughs> uh who has ever said that ever <laughs> And then I guess they just jumped to the parents and they're like, Shelly Long's in this movie? <laughs> From The Shining? Yeah. That's the European pronunciation mm-hmm, of The Shining. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Shining. Yeah. And speaking of the cast, you know, we have, um, you know, 90s, like, living in his prime, Harlan Williams, who still does stuff yeah. today. He's still very active. He has a podcast. Um, we would have loved to have him on, uh, but I don't, I don't know how you reach out to people. Uh, you you <laughs> never want to meet your heroes. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to meet Harlan Williams. I just want a picture. Just you can't a disappoint picture. a picture. Uh, yes, we also have uh, Jessica Lundy, uh, William Sadler uh, from a movie we haven't reviewed yet, uh, but he played the Grim Reaper in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Ah, uh, he's yeah. also, you might also might recognize him as President Ellis in Iron Man 3. Yes. And Stuart in Die Hard 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this guy, he, I, I looked at, I saw his face and I was like, I feel like you have a face that would be in other things. And what a coincidence he did yeah he's got a he's got a face that's meant to coach high school football oh yeah for sure yeah mm-hmm. i don't know if he was in remember the titans i forget but he should have been right yeah i guess i didn't do the one thing that movie asked of me <laughs> remember him uh so we also have bo bridges uh who we yeah. previously saw on the podcast in charlotte's web Yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> That's like um, That's hmm. the last time we saw Bo Bridges. Yeah, Charlotte's Web. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, and so uh, I this was my first time watching this movie, but I know that Grayson has a oh, lot yeah. of nostalgia attached to this. So I'm just gonna let you take it away. Just say whatever yeah. you want to say about this movie. Yeah. So I I was only kind of joking about the don't meet your heroes thing because. <laughs> This movie to me, when I was growing up, this was, and for my family, by extension, I'd say, this was the pinnacle of comedic achievement in the Howe household. 
I um, I watched this movie so many times. I like my my parents would quote it back to me. Like we would, it, we just loved it. Um, and uh, my wife loves it too. And when we got married, and I uh, saw that she had the DVD of Rocket Man because I grew up with the VHS. That's when I really knew I had made the right decision, um, and that this was this was going to work out. Yeah, it was going to uh, last. Like, yeah, this is really going to last. It's it's a relationship built on uh, on Rocket Man. Uh, but no, she loves this movie because she's also she's a genuine uh, like space exploration uh fan is an interest of hers and uh i think that's part of why i liked this movie as well is because yes it's very funny but it has a celebratory air to space travel and that desire to uh kind of like go beyond and uh as a kid that was all i needed and uh i was like yes all these it's exciting it's in it's it's funny and it didn't feel like they were ever talking over my head as a kid too which is interesting it was it was weird to rewatch it today because i um Typically, when we rewatch stuff that was like, oh, yeah, this was my favorite as a kid. And then you watch it back and you're like, oh, I don't remember that. Or, oh, that, that's completely <laughs> different. I remembered every single thing about this movie. Oh, wow. There were no surprises with the exception of the fact that I have never seen the post credit sequence. I, I'd never seen that scene. Oh, yeah. Because you which, leave the theater because Marvel hadn't trained you. Oh, you sit down during and the i wasn't gonna fast forward through that vhs you be kind and you rewind yeah so you don't jump to the end yeah this isn't men in black where you say like we fast forward just to watch the music video that wasn't a given in every movie no it was years before i knew jubilee was in the first x-men <laughs> you you get to the end of the vhs by accident yes um so this was the first time i saw that scene and when I saw it, I called my wife over and I was like, have you ever seen this? Well, look at this. And she's like, no, I've never. So I don't know where this came from. They were hiding this scene in the same place that they were keeping the capital M in the title. <laughs> and it uh, blew my mind because it really does change the context of the entire last act of what's going on. Um, so that was a little, uh, little mind boggling. Now, Grayson, I know what the post credit scene is, mm -hmm. but let's just say... You know, there is someone who watched the movie not all the way through. What? What's the post credit scene? <laughs> so this will be a spoiler for anyone who uh, has not seen the post credit scene to Rocket Man, uh, which I assume is ninety nine percent of the population. It opens up on a shot of the empty uh, flag stand that they put on Mars. And it's just kind of wobbling back and forth. And then you see these green little Martian legs wearing the American flag underwear that they had posted. And it confirms that there were aliens on Mars the entire time. That if the storm hadn't hit and they had stayed, they might have encountered an alien. That completely changes everything about it. Because as a kid, when you're watching it, it's not about... Aliens. Everything is like relatively realistic where you're like, yeah, this is just a funny space mission. It takes it from a space drama slash comedy to sci-fi. And uh, that was that was jarring. It was like watching The Prestige and you're like, <laughs> Tesla's a wizard? <laughs> yeah. Or it could be real fi. We don't know the future. 
This it could, could be real fight. Yeah, You're right. Th- this could yeah. be a historical document for all we yeah, know. Yeah, a hundred years from now, people are going to listen to this podcast and be like, what small minds? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So I, this was my first time really watching this movie, but I do remember them playing this trailer. Like, I want to say firmly from like 1997 to at least 1999. Cause I remember mm. seeing the trailer. I remember um, like the, him doing the test sequence. I remember him. Uh, you know, farting into the little, uh, sure. little shared yeah, the tube. tube. I remember yeah. that like very vividly. Uh, but this is my first time actually watching the movie. And it reminded me of this kind of character type that is long gone from a lot of, you know, traditional media. But it is, I, I, I might be inventing it, uh, but it's, it's kind of like the Pee Wee Herman sense of right alliance kind of thing just like you know Wee herman had a very prominent uh you know presence in pop culture and media in the 80s uh, a very childlike adult character who you know was targeting uh you know making shows for kids but mm-hmm. he also had a lot of like adult humor for adults uh yeah. i feel like um, Harlan William was uh, a version of that, uh, yeah, as well I think as like a good comparison. Yeah, like Ernest. Also, Ernest was another. Oh, nice. um, yeah, I remember all the Ernest movies being very similar. It's just like okay, yeah. it's this kind of like almost like live action cartoon character in our world. And Jim mm-hmm. Carrey also for a while was similar to that, but I think he was taken a little bit more seriously uh, because he wasn't being a character like in the same way that Pee Wee or Ernest was. But I feel like Harlan Williams was a little bit in that uh, era as well as, you know, Pauly Shore. Pauly Shore, I think, was also kind of like that character. Um, Mm -hmm. But anyway, it it just reminded me of that kind of long lost era, that long lost era of character, me blending Mm -hmm. the two words together, uh, of character actors who kind of brought that in every film that they were in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't see that too I, much I anymore. Could. Yeah. I, I think the, what makes this particular performance special and the way that they wrote this character is he, he is that kind of like fool cartoon archetype. Uh, I like the word character. I, I want, <laughs> thank I want you, that thank to be you. a thing. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'm looking at a Casablanca poster here. I'm like, there are definitely some characters in that. <laughs> um, but in, in this one you have like the fool, but he's also uh, he, he is a genius. He is the best at what he does as well. Like in that, that quote we had at the beginning, only a genius or a fool could do it. Luckily he's both. I, I think that's what's so appealing about this movie. Um, and it's also just really tight. Like the things we were mentioning are very like the um, the trials that he goes through, the audition, like the the act structure of this is so clean. Where they're like, it, we're we're not gonna like dally on the inciting incident, but we're gonna make it exciting. It's an exciting incident oh. where you there you go. We're just gonna blend words all day. <laughs> where you um, you think that this this mission is crashing, and then you see that it's a uh, test run that they're doing. You got to, we got to get the guy that can solve our problems. Okay. He's got to go through the trials. That's going to be funny. All right. Now we're going to see him on the ship and he's basically alone after only falling asleep for 13 minutes. And it's basically what 
passengers should have been. <laughs> and uh, then we're going to actually see him on Mars. We're going to pay off uh, what we set out, and we're going to see what would happen if this very bright but intelligent, bright in both ways, bright personality-wise and bright intelligence-wise, He, what would he be like on Mars? It's uh, it's pretty incredible. It moves at a really good, really good pace, and I think that's part of the rewatchability of this. Because I honestly don't know how many times I've watched this film. It's uh, got to be at least a dozen. Like I, I really loved this movie, and I still do. Uh, and I, I think when you have a character like uh, Fred Randall, who is so larger than life, and wacky but still you could be like oh i could know that guy like i i could i could picture meeting someone like that to root it alongside this like kind of alternate history of what happened with apollo 13 makes it feel even more real where you're like right. oh this story connects in with this member that was part of the apollo 13 squad um and it, it just feels more like a redemption story without them having to say hey, this is what happened in Apollo 13. Even as a nine-year-old watching this, I was like, I know what that is. Like, I understand uh, who that is supposed to be and why that's important. Um, but yeah, there's breadcrumbs along the way, setups and payoffs galore. Every single trial he goes through is important. It's not just fun to watch in, in that first, first third of the movie. It, it's something that will later pay off. And uh, that's just good writing. That's good comedic writing that we can have fun and then see the purpose in the story later on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree because I, I was not expecting this movie to uh, be as funny as it was mm-hmm. uh, just because th- there was at one point in time, as soon as he came out when he was just like slamming the doors uh, of his car into the other cars, I'm just like, what is happening right now? Like, does he hate these people? <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's that guy. Got it. Uh, yeah. But he was very entertaining. Harlan William is a very, uh, very entertaining actor. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I forgot about him because I feel like he was in more things, like just of like visibly because he does he does a lot of voice acting he uh he was on uh puppy dog tales uh most recently um as a bob the dog um skylanders academy he's hugo he's as it would be no surprise to anyone he does a lot of character voices um but like i i thought i saw him more in the 90s but uh rocket man was only his um like that's where no way. So he was the state trooper in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, that's like the one credit that they list on the back of the DVD of like Harlan Williams from Dumb and Dumber, and like yeah, the one scene. Yes, um, I'm pretty sure he was also in Half Baked with Dave Chappelle. He was okay. Yeah. So never mind. That is what I remember him from. Uh, yeah. But back in the day, I feel like if you saw someone in more than one movie, they were everywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's how movies work. Uh huh. Yeah. Gonna be a star, kid, in both <laughs> your movies. Hashtag both, both. Both, both. Uh, but yeah, th- this was delightful. And it just reminded me of like how into space travel we were uh, back then. And then also how like we had that resurgence in uh, like the early teens. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're calling this current decade we're in. Um, 20 teens. The 20 teens. Uh, yeah, like with gravity or um, 
What, what's the other? Oh yeah, The Martian. That's what I was trying the to think. The Martian. Of. Uh, the Martian and uh, Interstellar. That's the other one. But I think you're right. There is a resurgence of it for sure, um, especially since stuff like with, with Elon Musk and there, there was a lot of like independent space travel too. Because I know NASA was in trouble for a long time right. uh, with funding and all that, and a lot of people said, "I want to continue that spirit." Uh, let's go to space. And so you came like this private space race that happened. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think the the drive to go to space is going to ever go away permanently. No matter how far we go, we'll always want to go a little further. And no matter um, how much we evolve as a, as a culture, we're always going to know someone like Fred Z. Randall. So uh, let's just keep those two things coinciding. Yeah. Have you ever been to space camp? I know it feels like a random thing to ask. Have I? No, but my uh, <laughs> my wife has. Yeah. Okay. I space camp sounded so cool. Oh, I loved the commercials for it. <laughs> like every anytime a TV show had like a character like, yeah, we're going to space camp. I was like, how does this happen? Like, are, is there a survey at my school that I'm not able to fill out? I'd be I'd, and I I grew up in Houston where they oh, filmed yeah, yeah. most of this movie. And yeah, I'd, Sugarland. They they, uh, they filmed it in Sugarland. I was like I was never been to like any of NASA things. You know where I yeah. have been? Bluebell Factory. Oh, which granted, not knocking, they are doing revolutionary stuff there, uh, but. Dippin' Dots were my favorite snack when I got to go to Six Flags, uh, aka Astro World, um, and I just, I just, it felt like if I was eating the ice cream of astronauts, that should yeah. at the very least go to where they eat it, or at the very least prepare to eat it. Yeah, but in all fairness, if Dippin' Dots is the space travel of ice cream, I feel like that's more equivalent to like the Elon Musk space travel than the NASA space travel. Right. Uh, because they have like the Neapolitan dry bar that they eat for ice cream. <laughs> it's uh, right, not right. nearly as attractive as the Dippin' Dots. Uh, we're going but yeah, you, you being in Houston, your your team is the Rockets. So I never, you're, you're I, around it. I am today years old, Grace, when I have finally heard that put together. It's the oh, Rockets. Yeah, Astros, Rockets, all that. Yeah. Wow. We we only really have one thing. If you're from Houston, uh, let us know. Uh, we're at Flash Netflix. Yeah, oil and space travel. It's like the, the big thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't that far away. I was in Dallas as a kid, and I was like, yeah, space camp, too far. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure space camp, the commercials I saw at least, were in Arkansas. And I was like, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Click. <laughs> uh, but my my wife was uh, an avid space camp goer. I always really wanted to be in that little G-Force simulator just because it, mm -hmm. it looked like fun, but I'm sure it's actually terrifying. Um, but well, just to push all your organs to the back of your body is uh, that's a tough order. Yeah, I've always wanted to know what it's like to be able to lick my shoulder blades. <laughs> Uh, uh yeah but i this this movie is just such a, a beautiful time capsule of comedy and i remember when we saw it in theaters as a family my dad 
laughing till he cried whenever <laughs> Harland Williams or Fred learns that he's going to Mars and the scream that he does with the hands that are shaking on either side. Uh, it's, it's maybe one of the greatest reactions in cinematic history yeah, uh, I, to anything. I agree. So because there's not a ton of history in this movie, I did look up a couple of facts about mm-hmm. rockets. Uh, oh. So, if you're wondering, the official uh, team of Houston. Yes. <laughs> yeah. it's the, well, that's my first fact. It's official uh, basketball <laughs> team of Houston. They've been the Rockets since uh, 1974. Uh, is, is a fact that I just made up. Uh, but no, Rockets uh, in its simplest form is a chamber using pressure to enclose a gas. Uh, in this train of thought, a balloon is technically a rocket. Oh. Though there is a bit of variation, a modern rocket is typically a tube-like stack of components which carry propellants, fuel, and an oxidizer, and one or more engines equipping with stabilization devices and a nozzle for acceleration and expansion of gases. You know, things like that. This just became a very different podcast. (laughs) Uh, Don't worry, Grayson. It's not going to be that different for very long because you know what else is technically a rocket? What's that? Head cannon! Head cannon, you are a go for launch. Head cannon is a part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the fell. Was that from memory? It wasn't. Sure wasn't. (laughs) I uh, still sustained that brain injury when I first uh, attempted to make my own space camp um, by trying to see if I could make a jetpack out of uh, those little uh, dryer tubes. It did not work out. Oh, Ricky's backyard space camp. I really want to see that. Uh, so my biggest piece of headcanon has, and this might be a first time in headcanon history, uh, mm. go back and see if I'm right or not, but this is headcanon about other space movies. Okay. And that Rocket Man is actually the comedy that other space movies are trying to make the drama of. So right. The Martian, yeah. like both are based off of this. So Rocket yeah. Man is the next is like, okay, yeah, but sure, jokes and whatnot, but what's the drama here? What's the theater here? Uh, and they did that. First Man, sure, based off of history, but isn't it really... <laughs> but is it? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> but isn't it really a dramatic uh, prequel to Rocket yeah. Man? I mean, why else would they pick someone who is the exact same type to play the lead as Harland Williams? Come on. Ryan Gosling and Harland Williams are cut from the same space blanket. (laughs) (laughs) But Julie Ford's character, played by Jessica Lundy, what would Mm -hmm. happen on her first space exploration? (laughs) Gravity. So, it's all based off of Rocket Man. And Rocket Man is has a secret little credit uh, that is almost invisible to the human eye in every other uh, 2010s movie about space. Yeah, they got to pay the rights mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to the 97 comedy Rocket Man. Yes. I think it makes sense. It's the Saint Elsewhere of space travel. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. 100%. Absolutely. That's great. But my main headcanon is that Fred Randall 
is a Martian who was sent to Earth years ago. Um, and his parents found him as a baby. Um, so that means you only thought we were doing this movie because of Elton John's Rocket Man, but this this is bright burn. Okay. It's a bright burn takeover slash crossover. Oh, so man. Um, he just, he didn't turn out to be good or evil. He's just kind of zany. Um, and I mean, Julie even says, you know, because we're going to Mars, we have to take along a guy from Mars. And, uh, yeah. And I believe that the star that he picked out was actually like his fortress of solitude. Cause he says he would go there to be safe. Like he could, wow. he could wish upon. Yeah. That's his fortress of solitude. And also explains why the isolation chamber and being alone for eight months didn't really bother him. Oh. Like it would some other people who wouldn't survive it is because time feels different to him. Yeah. Time feels different because even though he's a full grown man, Lois Lane is a little girl on a train. Um, let's not overthink that part of it. That still disturbs me about the original Superman. Um, and uh, yeah, oh, this this is, for me, this really sealed the deal. Mm -hmm. So uh, when they're on Mars, uh, when they wake up the next morning, he's, uh, he's ranting in his sleep. Do you remember what he said? He says, the mushroom people, the mushroom people are coming. I don't think that was a nightmare. I think... It was a memory. And so he has this uh, long going feud. And so I would argue, knowing mm. what I know now with the post credit scene, that Martians look like us. And what we saw wearing his underwear in the post credit scene is actually a mushroom person who was Whoa. sending out a telepathic link that Fred picked up on as a Martian, knowing that a mushroom person, because we don't know what they look like from the knees up, a mushroom person was on its way to their location. Wow. So, uh, yeah. And, I mean, Fred Z. Randall, you really got to ask, you know, what's the Z stand for? Well, where he comes from, it's not a Z. That's true. But if it was, it'd be Zod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I love it. This is uh, this is Brightburn. Oh man, that's great. Except this would be like a not so Brightburn. <laughs> oh, great. or Brightburn out. It's <laughs> it, you, you can add it on to either side. <laughs> All right, now we're going to blast off into our next segment, <laughs> which is recast and remakes. Houston, we need a recast and a remake. If this movie were to be remade today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? Uh, I really think that Rocket Man. Uh, really could lend itself to a modern day remake. Uh, and it could really be. Uh, I'm trying to. I, I want it to be a series just naturally, but I think it could be like at least a two part movie um, where it's Rocket Man um, and then Rocket Man 2, you know, relaunch. Oh, yeah. there it is. Didn't even <laughs> intend for it to be the right colon title but it's perfect but i honestly think that um and this is largely based off of future man um mm -hmm. with my casting but i really do think uh that uh, josh hutcherson yeah uh, would do really well also just because when he auditioned to be the new Peter Parker and the amazing Spider-Man reboot. And he made his own demo video of him being like a nerdy Peter Parker. I'm just convinced that he can play any role and do it 100% well. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's 
who I think would uh, be the next Harlan, uh, Harlan William. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, if I were to remake this in the 90s, it would be Jim Carrey. Uh, sure. There's just no one else uh, who I would allow to audition. It's just Jim Carrey or the project is set on fire. <laughs> or I walk. <laughs> um, but I also, um, largely because I think that um, Miles Teller um, from Whiplash and another space ish movie uh fan four stick uh <laughs> but yeah i thought that he would be a really good fred uh mm-hmm. because he already played a very neurotic nerdy person and fan yeah. four stick and who I, went to space yeah he did he did go I to see space. that but um i think it's a stretch oh you did oh, it oh my insides <laughs> they're in the back of my body <laughs> oh this is what my spine tastes like <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, uh, J.K. Simmons yelling at him constantly. Uh, so that's my recast. Not thing. my coordinates. <laughs> okay, so when I said three, two, one, launch, were you earlier? Were you late? Hmm? No. Are you trying to ruin my mission? <laughs> I'm not. Is that why you're here? It feels like you're trying to ruin my mission. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. Yeah. Uh, for my cast, for Fred Randall, uh, I had Will Forte. I think he can play the zaniness, but I also had another thought, and it was actually my first thought before Will Forte. Danny Pudi. I bet from Community. 100%. It'd be a different tone, different take on the character altogether, but I think him in that situation would be just as entertaining. Um, And for Wild Bill Overbeck, um, I had Hugh Laurie. Yeah. Because uh, he is supposed to be older, which is why the the like it's like a paleontologist meeting a dinosaur joke yes. works, and so I think Hugh Laurie would be great um, for Julie Ford. Uh, I had Adrian Palicki. Ah. Uh, she's from the Orville and Agents of Shield. Uh, I think she's really great, um, and you know she has gone to space. Yes, and and then uh, for. Uh, the character of Paul Wick, who in this is played by Jeffrey DeMunn, who people would recognize from the early seasons of uh, The Walking Dead. He played Dale on The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Um, he is, uh, I would have him play it again, very different tone, Jim Rash. I just want to see Dean Pelton <laughs> leading yes. a NASA mission. Uh, it's like, reconsider the mission. Mm, okay, it's still on. Like, I think his energy would play really well. Yes. Um, and then for Ben Stevens, uh, Andre Brewer from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Of course. Um, and then Bud, uh, who's played by Bo Bridges. Um, I hate to do this because I have a brother. And uh, I mean, Jeff Bridges. It's going to be <laughs> it's gonna be Jeff Bridges, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, um, it's him. Yeah, it is. And uh, then it's him. And, and then it's him studying the program more and getting sucked into it. Yes, uh-huh. exactly. Yeah. And then uh, finally, for Ulysses, say it with me, Andy, Andy Circus in a mocap suit. That's who uh, you need. I mean, he even calls him Little Dr. Zaius, which, yes, is a different character Dr. from Zayas, Planet Dr. of Zayas. Babes. Dr. Zaius, Dr. Zaius, Dr. Zaius. So I think it works. I love uh, but it. for the actual remake, um, I, I would just play into the, the Ulysses stuff and. Uh, same story, just when they get back, it's a twist ending where they find out this was uh, secretly a comedic prequel to Planet of the Apes. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Which uh, begs the question, how did, maybe this is the answer then, because I, I always wondered this. It's like, how did Ulysses not die from like a hypersleep overdose? He was in like a full grown, but that's what made him smart. That's that's how he took over the the planet. He's oh, the Caesar. Oh man! And see yeah. that puts this back into the say elsewhere, <laughs> right back. Saying elsewhere, it's there. It's right 100%. there. Hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, did you know that uh, hyper like too much hyper sleep actually makes you super smart and uh, <laughs> allows you to take over the planet? All the other apes is like, man, he's so smart. <laughs> now nah, he's just well rested. <laughs> I could do that if I slept for 16 months. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Now we are landing into our final segment of the show where we give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend the 1997 movie Rocket Man? I'd recommend this movie because obviously I'm a fan, but it's a fun journey to see a guy who's basically a kid at heart uh, and still be the best at what he does in a in his dream job. Um, I think that's just a really attractive story, and it's an exciting movie. I mean, the the Mars rescue mission, the race against the storm, the escape from the Martian surface, it is a genuinely harrowing experience while still keeping a comedic tone. So it's a great example of confronting serious situations with a comedic slant, especially through the eyes of a single character who has a unique perspective on life. And you could apply that. It's not a formula, but I would say that that structure, that that guide to so many different situations. I mean, Scrubs did the exact same thing. They're yeah. like, you're going to do a thing where people are basically sick and dying every episode. And like, yes, but we have a character we believe in and who has a unique perspective. Um, if you put those things together, there's no shortage of the possibilities um, for, for where your story can go. Um, so I'm just a huge fan. I highly recommend it. If you haven't seen it, it's a ton of fun. Um, so in the words of Fred Z. Randall, put on the porch light, mama, we're coming home. <laughs> yeah, I, I would recommend this movie because especially in an era where uh, I feel like, you know, CGI is more prominent and just I feel like space feels like the most believable cgi experience just because it's void of nothing mm-hmm. uh, it's just nothingness it's just you know literal space uh i think it's really cool to go back that's why we call it that oh grace is today years old when he found today out today years old i lived in space my whole <laughs> life and i just put that together um but this movie um you know it really tackled space as like a concept with not a ton of computer graphics but still mm-hmm. had you believe it which is yeah. you know i feel like this movie really made me understand why people believe the space landing was staged because <laughs> this movie really made me believe that a man went to mars um like lowest lane <laughs> Like uh, just the 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 Mars landscape is just like yeah. they just did it really well and convincingly, and I, I mean mm-hmm. they did it as believably as like Galaxy Quest did, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I recommend this movie for that uh, for the long lost treasure that is Harlan William, and um, and is especially if you just just need 
a saint elsewhere of a movie for all <laughs> other space movies. If you've ever enjoyed a space movie, yeah. uh, you need to go back to its nexus, which is Rocket Man. Yeah, space elsewhere. <laughs> uh, R- Ricky, the the way that you talked about space um, just kind of jogged this loop, and I would be remiss. <laughs> And my duties. Uh, but it made me think what I really want to see is not necessarily a sequel, but a prequel hundreds of years previously where it's Harland Williams's. Uh, I'm abandoning my headcanon for this prequel. It's Harland Williams's ancestors uh, coming to the new world, like with Columbus. <laughs> and uh, like no one's ever gone to the new world. And I want to see him on the Nina Pinter Santa Maria getting off and uh yeah just exploring exploring America um, <laughs> you basically want to do like a Harlow Williams focused uh Forrest Gump but yeah but <laughs> with the colonies um <laughs> just think it's a it's a formula that works it's a formula that works I love it and that is our review of the 1997 space spectacular rocket Mm, man uh that that's how you emphasize a capital letter oh, you just and i just realized for a space movie there's no space between the words they just leave all the space on screen oh you did it well done it's the space between uh, <laughs> just put all the letters on top of each other it's illegible have you seen this symbol <laughs> my planet is not a symbol uh <laughs> Lois Lane. Uh, let us know what you remember about Rocket Man on our social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Flashback Flicks. And your mission, if you choose to accept it, uh, strap yourself into a, a GeForce simulator and leave us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice mm-hmm. on a scale of one to five GeForces. Yeah, yeah. One, one G-Force is like, have we even left yet? Uh, but five G-Forces is like, man, you are Professor Quirrell. Your face is on the back of your head. <laughs> you don't know which way you're going. I'm along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. A five-star review says that this podcast is really taking off. Oh, there you go. You did great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you did great, me. <laughs> And be sure to tune in right here next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. It may have been one small step for Fred Randall, but it's one final step for the X-Men franchise as we get ready for Dark Phoenix with a 2006 X-Men colon The Last Stand. Oh, man. I will be standing until we start recording again. I'm excited. I'm that excited. (laughs) That's your last stand.